Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Peyton Hughes, who is a talented actress and producer who has a wonderful web series that I really, really am enjoying. I'm five-eighths of the way through it right now. Peyton, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. So where are you right now? Are you out in California or are you in New York? I'm in LA. Oh, okay. But then you also live up at the Vineyard, right? Correct, um, which is in Healdsburg, California, in Sonoma County. Yeah, I love it up there. Well, let me tell everybody about you. Peyton is the star and co-creator of this web series, Heirloom, which you can watch for free on Popcorn Flicks and also on Vimeo. She's originally from Virginia, and she studied French and theater, two majors, at Washington Lee University and she trained at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, which is a big deal. She was an original member of the Old Vic New Voices Network. She performed in London and New York in various productions, including Chekhov's Three Sisters. She toured the nation in the one-woman show, The Thin Line. She has multiple film credits, including Long Nights, Short Mornings, Coach of the Year, and Beauty Mark. She also does a wonderful thing. She works with Memorial Sloan Kettering's Visible Ink program, which allows cancer patients the opportunity to express themselves in writing. And she is also a newlywed, married to Kevin Kinsella, the owner of Kinsella Vineyards. So Peyton, let's first talk about your acting career and how that led to the creation of this web series How did you combine tomatoes and acting? That's a great question, Amy. Um, You know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of times the best things in life come from your friends. Um, And that is 100% what happened in this case. You know, my first year when I was spending time in Sonoma, I had gone and planted maybe six plants of heirloom tomatoes in an old overgrown garden plot and gotten peppers and rosemary and thyme and basil and cucumbers, all of that like stuff. I think I spent $80 at Home Depot. Um, And then the tomatoes just did really well. And I was throwing a little dinner party um, and I had some very dear friends that were over here eating tomatoes and, uh, my friend Edith turned and said to me, you know, Peyton, you should be selling these. They're so good. And I sort of looked at her and I was like, okay, Edith, like I'm doing enough crazy things with my life. Um, I've got to go back and do some Shakespeare in New York tomorrow. Uh, Who do you even talk to about selling tomatoes? That's such a weird life path that I had never thought of. 
Um, and without me knowing it, she sort of snuck into the garden the next day after I had gone back to New York and took a little sample baggie to a restaurant in town and brokered a deal for me. Um, and so that summer I made $900 off of tomatoes unexpectedly. That is so um, funny. I love that. It's and, hilarious. And I don't want to be like a spoiler, but in the web series, you play an actress gets, who gets into the heirloom tomato business which I thought was really funny because the web series is so much like your real life. It is. We definitely took some artistic liberties with the story just to make it a better, um, more well-rounded story. But there's a lot of fact in there too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then the following year, I sort of went to town and planted half an acre of tomatoes, not having a concept of how many that really was. Then I had to figure out how to sell them. And then I, you know, just sort of launched down the whole rabbit hole of figuring that out. And I had all of these crazy stories um, pop up in my life through selling tomatoes. And the same friend, Edith, um, she and her husband helped me with my self-tapes for my auditions when I'm in Healdsburg. And we were doing a script one day that was just so terrible. It was the worst writing you'd ever read. I think I was like in the backseat of an Uber car and it was like, no, please, God, don't kidnap me. Oh, (laughs) no. And it was just like such a terrible script. And Edith was like, Peyton, you know, you, you should make your tomato story something. And again, I sort of looked at her and I was like, okay, Edith, that's crazy. And then I thought on it for a little while and it didn't seem as crazy as I thought it was. And so I called my friend Becca Brunstetter, who is a writer for This Is Us, and she's an amazing playwright. She has a play um, coming to Manhattan Theatre Club uh, this season called The Cake. Um, And she just has this lovely, feminine, slightly quirky, sweet voice um, as a writer that I knew would be perfect for the story. So I called her and I was like, oh, P.S., I sort of accidentally became a tomato farmer let me just talk to you for 10 minutes and I did and then she was like yeah I think we have something here so we sort of hunkered down and what was really interesting was trying to diversify like rather than struggling to make an independent film and get it into a festival especially when the voice of the story seemed so much more wholesome and like quirky sweet than most of what comes through the independent film route. We were just really interested in making a romantic comedy web series and sort of trying out that whole genre and path. Yeah, you succeeded because I was laughing a lot while I was watching the first five episodes and I have more to go. Well, I want to talk a lot about this concept of web series because I know people are very unfamiliar with that. And so after the break... Let's talk about that and a little more about your career as well. We're back with Peyton Hughes, and I want to talk about this whole concept of web series, and then we're going to explain to people how they can see heirloom. So first of all, I know since you're in the industry and you decided not to go the independent film route, which makes sense because... They're looking for kind of edgy, sometimes snarky stuff, right? And yours is just sweet and fun and funny. Um, So you decided to go this web series route. How did you get there? Because I know that's fairly new to audiences. At first, it was a lot. It was, you know, Becca and I decided to make 
a web series. And then I took a step back and I was like, what is a web series? Um, just because like, I, even though I have a lot of friends that, you know, have been doing them, um, and you hear about them all the time, I realized I hadn't actually sat down and really watched a web series. I think the only one at the time that I was familiar with was something that Julia Stiles had done called Blue, um, that a network called Wigs that is based on YouTube um, had produced. The production quality of Blue and all of Wiggs's um, female-based sto- stories was so high and so beautiful. Um, they really nailed making short-form content that was dramatic. So when we were translating that for Heirloom, like I was really inspired by what they had done, and I was like, you know what, I want to throw my hat in the ring and like set that precedent for a different genre for the rom-com. And so that was like our big inspiration. I started researching people and I really just started even blind calling people and um, asking for help, um, getting my friends on board. I think as a creator and as an artist, everyone's a little hesitant to commit to you until you sort of put your foot down and you say, this is what we're doing. Like, this is our start date. We're going. And for me, I couldn't push production because we had a very limited window of filming, namely in August when the tomatoes and the garden is in full bloom. And I, you know, at that point, I was so tired of um, the audition grind where you work so hard, but then like you're not in the film, you know, or your scenes get cut or your character gets cut or something. And so I really just wanted to be able to point to something and say, that's what I had done. Mm-hmm. Um, that was more important to me than waiting for a branding opportunity with a bigger company or something like that. And so I sort of said, great, we're, we're shooting in August. And then every, like everything kind of came together, even as things were falling apart. Like we lost a location uh, two days before we were supposed to start filming. We lost an actor right before we were supposed to start filming. But at that point, you've established this working organism of a film crew and a support system and, you know, 50 people that are coming together to work on something and bring a picture to life. And it's really lovely. I noticed that you had an all-female camera crew. I saw that in the credits for Heirloom. How was that? How did that feel versus uh, the normal kind of camera crew? Yeah, it's funny. I've been lucky. I have worked with two female DPs before, which is pretty incredible. However, for this, we didn't even mean to have an all-female camera crew, actually. Um, it's just sort of that that's what came, came to be. Um, I had loved Kat Westergaard, our DP. Um, I've followed her work for a while. I just think she makes gorgeous pictures. And I was a huge fan. And then we just sort of, you know, put feelers out and McGarris Stevens came on board. And while we were working, everyone kind of kept commenting on how rare it was to have three women um, in the camera crew. And I think it it's funny because, like, we worked so efficiently, obviously, because we were working with a limited budget. But having, like, three women be behind the camera and be the people who are showing you the story, who are 
providing the lens, literally, through which you were seeing a narrative about a young woman's life, I think just made a really subtle difference in terms of um, the empathy with which you're viewing the character of Emily and her struggles um, and pitfalls in terms of making her way in, mm-hmm. in the tomato biz. So I haven't gotten to the point yet where she finds new love. So I, I'm assuming it's coming, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to. I'm assuming the guy in New York's going to be a goner because she's out there in California now growing those tomatoes and getting in touch with what she really wants. And I love the fact that I can watch it in episodes. It's like, what, eight? Is it eight episodes? Nine episodes? How many episodes? Nine episodes. Nine episodes. Okay, so I'm five-ninths of the way through it right now. I'm really enjoying it. I'm actually loving looking at the tomatoes also because there's nothing prettier than a basket of heirloom tomatoes in the summer. So how often do you eat tomatoes? Um, Every day? It's kind of my... my yeah, it's, it's actually kind of sad. I Not every day in the winter, but in the summer, I would say no matter where I am, like even if I'm just on vacation or I'm back home or something, my diet seems to manifest itself with tomatoes. Like I just sort of go out and suddenly there are tomatoes around me. And so I buy them all. And you would think that a caprese salad was the only thing I really knew how to cook. Uh, Now, you know what? I agree with you. I had tomatoes for breakfast and tomatoes for lunch today. So I'm all tomatoes all the the time in the summer. You're farther along than me for the day count that I need. <laughs> so this web series concept, people can go to Popcorn Flicks to see it, or they can go to Vimeo. And I love the fact that you can be on your computer, on your iPad, on your phone, whatever device you have, or you can do it through Roku or Apple TV or Fire Stick, but you can watch this great, super high quality film production, but in these 12 minute pieces, it's really a fun way of watching a short film, right? Watching it in these, in these pieces. I think it's probably the way a lot of video content is going now. And I love the fact that we can all watch it for free. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. So what's next for you? Um, well, I'm filming a film called Six Dinner Parties this fall with Lynn Cohen from Sex in the City and Michael Cuomo. And I have a I have another project that I'm working on as a creator as well um, that I'm very excited about, but kind of too far too far ahead to to name. Well, I really look forward to seeing what you do next. I'm so glad that Heirloom, your short film in many pieces, your web series, is part of the Chicken Soup for the Soul family now. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Amy. To learn more about Peyton Hughes, you can all go to her website, PeytonHughes.com. That's P-A-T-E-N-H-U-G-H-E-S.com. Thanks for listening today. Come back next week for more inspiration and storytelling. And don't forget to check out Popcorn Flicks. It's Popcorn, F-L-I-X. And you can download the app to your computer, your tablet, your phone, from Apple iTunes or Google Android, and you can also watch Popcorn Flicks using your Roku, your Apple TV, your Fire Stick devices, and you can watch this wonderful nine-part series, Heirloom, and you can watch all nine episodes in a row if you're like me and you just can't wait for the next one. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.